This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host today, Craig Patterson, and we're joined here today with two entrepreneurs who have a very interesting new skincare line. It's JJ Wilson and Tanner Johnston, and uh, you've got a brand called Rayal Performance. Now, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. And a quick word from our podcast episode sponsor, Swift is a rapidly growing Canadian same-day shipping company that has partnered exclusively with Retail Insider. Learn more about Swift's scalable best-in-class last-mile solution by following the link in our show notes. So tell me a little bit about the products and uh, how uh, the name of the company came about. Sure. Uh, I'll start with the name and then maybe, Tanner, if you want to get into some of the the, the key products. Um, When we originally uh, looked at sort of building the the sort of foundation of the business and what we wanted to create in terms of both skincare and supplements, uh, our first priority outside of sort of getting a real understanding of the market and who we were going to, who we were going to create these products for um, was, was for us to understand how we were going to do it. And one of the biggest sort of outcomes of the, the focus groups and our understanding of what's out there in the market as sort of comparable products and brands and, and how the men's sort of skin industry or skincare industry is evolving, uh, which is very interesting to talk about. I'm happy to get into it a little later on in this call, um, but also the men's supplement industry. And we wanted to find a way to really look at a man's uh, total health and wellness and how he might think about uh, skincare in the same way he thinks about supplements. So there's sort of various phases to how you think about supplementation and, and, you know, depending on what your fitness or training program or regime is, but there's a pre-workout an intra-workout and a post-workout. And, uh, he typically, you know, understands that quite well. If he's grown up playing athletics or sports or, uh, you know, is, is a fitness enthusiast in pretty much any way, shape or form, generally speaking, there's one out of those three phases or, or, or parts to how he thinks about his fitness routine uh, that he's incorporating. You know, he needs to, he needs to fuel up. He needs to sort of um, make sure that he has enough energy to get through the workout. And then what does recovery look like? Um, so when we thought about skincare for men, uh, we wanted to take a similar approach and really treat it in that way. And we wanted to further simplify the process because it is, it can be a complicated and daunting world. I think, for any guy that's sort of noticing that his skin's aging a little bit, or he wants to be proactive, um, because that's that seems to be something that that is becoming more and more of a priority for men um, in their young lives. Um, that that it didn't need to be as complicated. Um, and I think there's a lot of brands out there today that that do a really good job at keeping it straightforward, but. At the same time, you know, how many serums can a guy use? Is a guy really going to use a toner or so on and so forth? So um, we built this layered approach to our skincare product and we simplified it by really getting clear on our skin training system. And there's three layers to the products, uh, to the skincare product assortment. There's a, a layer one, which is our face wash, a layer two, which is our serum, and then a layer three, which is essentially a day moisturizer which we prioritized a UVA, UVB um, equivalent to about an SPF 20 because uh, sunscreen is probably one of the most important things in terms of skincare and proactive uh, skincare that, that anyone can use. Uh, and then of course, the night moisturizer. And uh, 
we'll get into the ingredients later if that's of interest to you, but the night moisturizer prioritizes a very small amount of retinol, um, as well as our rail skincare formula, TriBlend, which is a, a an assortment of, of really critical ingredients that we built around male skin anatomy. And again, we can get into that later, but I'll answer your question. I've been talking a lot. Um, that layered system is sort of where the uh, interpret or how we interpreted uh, how best to name rail and, and rails actually layer backwards. Um, we liked it. Um, it felt right. And uh, it kind of had us, it had the, the product assortment that we were creating be consistent with, with the brand name. Terrific. Now tell me about both of your backgrounds uh, here and, uh, and Tanner, we could actually start with you if you like here. Cause you've been, uh... <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah. My background is actually in finance. Uh, so I've worked kind of in private equity and with, uh, you know, high net worth families and that sort of thing. Um, just doing deals and, and that I was at Pricewaterhouse Coopers for eight years and moved into kind of working privately for different families and kind of structuring all their deals and investments and that sort of thing. And I guess over the, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but uh, over the past, I'd say, five years, um, I've, I've actually kind of invested in work with different skincare brands and I learned a lot about the industry and I'm, I'm passionate about myself, both in fitness and skincare. Um, and so basically I just was uh, decided to kind of dive right into entrepreneurship. So I've got a couple of different things on the go, but uh, Rail is my main focus right now. So yeah, it's kind of a shift from finance and I feel like it's a really good uh, complementary skill set for the two of us. Uh, my background in finance, Jay's background in all the stuff that he does. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's my background. Excellent. And JJ, tell us a little bit about uh, what you've been doing here, because uh, we've certainly talked to you before with a few brands, including Kit, Kit and Ace in the past. Yeah, um, uh, I've uh, I've pretty much always sort of leaned into my entrepreneurial spirit, so to speak. Um, I, I started off uh, actually coming back to Vancouver after my education in Toronto, which I know that's where you are. Uh, I have a soft spot for Toronto and a couple of my businesses actually have presence there and, and I'll, and I'll get into that, but I actually started working for a local menswear brand called reigning champ and wings and horns. And um, I had an incredible time working there. I learned a lot. Um, it was before Facebook and before e-commerce really was a priority for any sort of smaller business that was primarily reliant on brick and mortar sales. Um, and I think I was the perfect age to come in and really help establish the brands on social uh, at the time, really, the only priority social channel was Facebook, um, as well as 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 help the, the businesses understand really the importance of e-commerce. Um, and really exciting news for Rating Champ. They just sold to Aritzia. So super excited for those guys. They've worked really hard on it. They created an incredible brand. Um, and I think it's another really cool win for, for, for Canada in terms of retail and apparel. Um, then I went on to work for my family's company, Lululemon. I was there for a couple of years, just as they were resetting the men's line. So Lululemon did a big push. I'm going to age myself or date myself right now. Um, probably about eight or nine years ago, uh, into menswear. And I think we've seen the success of that. The menswear at Lululemon has definitely been on a very positive upward trajectory, um, which has also been very exciting for Lululemon. But at the onset of that, you know, they really needed to figure out who they were going to be talking to, what the product assortment was going to look like, if it was going to sort of uh, compete now with the with the the predominantly female Lululemon women's brand and how it was going to kind of come to life. And so I was there for about three years um, and took everything I learned at uh, Raining Chap and Wings and Horns and brought it over to Lulu. And at the end of Lulu Shannon, who uh, who's my dad's wife, who's an incredible person, uh, we decided to start a company called Kit Nace. 
Um, we had some early success. We decided as a family to, to, to test it out and see what we could do to really scale a global brand. Some wins, some losses, some challenges. Um, Kitnase today is predominantly uh, a dot-com business now or DTC. Um, but it's still consistent with what the original vision was. And, um, and I think given COVID-19, it's pivot, it's pivot to pure DTC in advance. That was probably the best thing the company could have done. I'm no longer involved in that. Um, and then I started a company around the same time as Kitnase with a partner of mine, Ashley Ander. Um, it's an uh, indoor boutique fitness uh, concept across Canada called Ride Cycle Club. And Ride Cycle Club has been one of the most fun projects that, that I've been involved in in my life to date. We've created, you know, I think an incredible brand, an incredible product, a fabulous community um, that really motivates people um, to, to, to bring together uh, music and fitness. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful product, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, and then uh, I guess the, the two most recent projects uh, that I have uh, is very polite. So after we sort of shrunk the, uh, the Kitnase business down, um, the brand marketing and PR team, uh, e-com team, digital marketing team that we had built within Kitnase was just incredible. And I loved them so much. And um, they, were too, uh, they were too good to have go and work anywhere else. So we formed an agency called the Very Polite Agency, and we specialize uh, in brand, uh, brand creative, production, PR services, digital marketing, so on and so forth. Um, so I still continue to get to flex my creative muscle through through that business and those channels. And then, of course, uh, Tanner and I have Rail, and we've been working on Rail for really the better half of two and a half years. COVID really stalled us. Um, Tanner had the opportunity to move to London for a period of time. So we were kind of kicking off initial uh, product formulations and trying to find the right suppliers and whatnot, kind of with a global perspective. And also at the same time, trying to conduct our focus groups and, um, you know, to our benefit, uh, we spent a really good, long and hard time developing the product. Yeah finding the right partners. Um, and I think the that COVID-19 actually gave us the opportunity to, to do that and not feel rushed in any way. Um, so as soon as COVID sort of came to an end, we felt like it was a good time for us to sort of soft launch the brand. And um, that's where we're at today. Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. With the pandemic, have you noticed in terms of getting suppliers and whatnot, have there been challenges around that and logistics? And uh, I've heard that from a lot of brands, right? Where, you know, the pandemics hit different parts of the world differently. And as a world that's global now, we get stuff from all over the world and there's been some challenges there too. Definitely. Um, I can, you want me to take it? You go for it. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I think that the, the, the biggest challenge has definitely been in working with, with China. I've worked with China, you know, throughout all of my companies and China's amazing and the, the quality and the, the, the skill that you're able to get in terms of, um, I think product and, and, and what have you is, is phenomenal. I think where the breakdown or where the challenges has been, which a lot of retailers, um, have had, or have struggled with during COVID has really just been lead times. There's been a lot of challenges as China has sort of shut down various cities throughout the pandemic that might be a longer supply chain route. There's been a lot of challenges here with the Port of Vancouver, um, significant delays with actually making room for ships to come in. So ships are sort of coming to, to Canada and then sitting out there um, just beyond our visible line of sight uh, for you know an additional two or three weeks before there's room at the port for them to come in. 
Um, and then, of course, if you if you uh, get selected by customs to, to have some sort of audit to that extent, you're looking at another three weeks. So essentially, when we were ready to launch rail, all of those things happened. Um, there were a lot of good learnings. Um, it was unfortunate uh, that it took as long as it did. Um, but again, I think, as I said, having it sort of all come together just as COVID-19 was letting up in Canada and the U.S., um, the timing was 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 pretty perfect. Um, we might be convincing ourselves of that, but uh, that's 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 how I'm thinking about it. Oh, terrific! And um, no, a bit about retail distribution. Do you too have a vision in terms of um, where Rail will go in terms of, say, direct to consumer? Will it be online? Um, might there be any stores? Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Sorry, Tanner and I are sitting here going, oh, "Who's going to take the question?" Um, <laughs> Our, our vision is primarily to be DTC with, with very strategic, uh, strategic wholesale partners, um, specifically, uh, and for the first year or two, just within North America. Um, I think that in my experience with, with, with wholesale, um, you know, you really want to be careful with how you do wholesale, not only with what stores you're in and how you sort of position the brand, um, but we just want to be prepared to uh, be able to supply the right wholesale partners in the way that we want to. Um, and really getting a strong supply chain, really getting, you know, uh, I think clear on how we, um, how we refill uh, back order requests, so on and so forth. I don't think the business today is, is it, is anywhere near, uh, is anywhere near a place where we could, support or manage things like exchanges or returns or damaged product with wholesalers. So not only, you know, having DTC for the first year uh, gives us the opportunity to really understand the brand and the product. Um, but I think it gives us a year to kind of get our feet on the ground and, and, and be prepared to, to work with select retailers as time goes on. I think ultimately I see something like a 70, 30 split, but at the same time, I'm going to go with, where the tide takes us um, and, and not necessarily turn down specific opportunities that come our way. But at the same time, I want to make sure that we're being strategic and, and core to how we see the business uh, coming to life. Do you want to add to that? I was just going to say, we've also chatted a fair bit about um, looking at creating kind of a brand experience space to uh, to give you know um, our customers that opportunity to actually feel the product and test the product and kind of get to know what we're all about. So we've been just talking about that uh, you know, maybe maybe a smaller shop in Vancouver or maybe in Toronto, something like that too. Um, I think that that really interests us, and I I would really like to be there and have our team there to actually learn about the customers and what they want and what they need, um, so that you know to the extent they they want a different product or they want us to innovate here, um, we can kind of pivot and do what we want. I think having that touch point with customers is really important. Uh, obviously, in addition to what we're going to do with DTC and that sort of thing. But um, so I I'm really pumped about the opportunity for some a small brand experience space. Yeah, and would you think of that as a pop-up or something a little bit more permanent? Or, well, I think I think I imagine what we would do is we want to probably do a couple pop-ups, maybe to try and kind of test the waters and see see if it resonates and that sort of thing. Um, but I think we would love to have the opportunity to kind of have a, a permanent store somewhere, something like that, because we're just in the talks about it right now. Yeah, yeah, and probably a masculine space type of thing, you know, keeping on brand, which has sort of got a bit of a darker ethos in terms of the color scheme. I, I got the marketing materials and. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's which which I think is great. I think it works because you know skincare as men move more into this, you know, it's it's becoming more of something that that guys are using. At least in North America, I know Europe was a little bit ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and tell me a bit about the market research. I'm curious. Um, you know, again with the brand development, how that came about. 
Yeah, sure. So I think uh, to start for the market research, um, I think uh, what we did was we created a, a group of people that we know, um, uh, a focus group. It was about nearly about 400 people actually uh, made up of, I'd say about, was it 60, 40 male, female? Yeah. Um, so we wanted obviously uh, to have females in there and males in there for a bunch of reasons. Um, and one of one of the big ones is that um, when we kind of asked around and started these focus groups, um, a lot of times men are getting their skincare from their partners, whether it's female or male or their mothers, or usually someone that's a, a female in their life, uh, sisters, things like that. And so we thought it'd be really important to have um, females as part of the focus group too, because I think that they're going to actually be ones involved in purchasing. And they obviously know a lot more about skincare than our, our target market. So we kind of created these focus groups. And then what we did is we, we started out with a larger group and then kind of made, made it smaller and smaller until we got to the point where we had a, a group of say hundred people that would actually test the product. And do multiple iterations, uh, see what they think, try it, give it to some friends, ask around. And we really wanted honest feedback on everything because I think JJ and I have done enough in business that um, that we know how important it is to give your customers what you want. We don't want to create a product that you know that's not going to resonate with everyone. So we, we really valued the feedback we got. So that was kind of the initial market research. Um, and then in addition to that, I think um, we both have background in, uh, in in somewhat in the industry. I've got another business that I'm involved with, with skincare, and I've sat on a couple of different boards for skincare companies. So I think that I, that helped as well. Um, they were more predominantly focused towards women, but uh, I think that was kind of the process as well, too. Yeah, I think the, the only thing I would add to that is Tanner and I spent a lot of time actually in market and trying to find out and identify yeah. where men were buying skincare, what type of skincare they were buying. We did a really you know, deep analysis on what type of assortment various men's skincare brands were offering. And you know, there is actually a lot of good product out there. Oh yeah. Um, our challenge was how the brand communicates or delivers the message to, uh, to let's call it him. And um, I think Tanner and I wanted to make sure that we created a brand that had him connect uh, skincare to really his his total health and wellness regime, and that involved, in our opinion, you know, athletics and sport. And um, we see Rail being sort of the, the 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 softer side of his total health and wellness assortment, and what he does to to, to maintain his longevity. And um, and and in our market research or, or let's call it in market experience with brands, there's really two main categories. There's a high end category where you have higher end luxury female brands that are, are sort of making their way into men's skincare, um, call it Clinique, for example. Um, and then you kind of have this, this, this bottom layer of, of skincare that's communicating to men uh, in a way that has them appear as though they know absolutely nothing. Um, you know, buddy, you should be putting on skincare because, or you should, you know, it, it just felt, it felt like it, they were communicating in an uneducated way to guys. And I think guys actually want to be communicated to in a way that has them go, okay, this is something I should explore. This is something that's a part of my health and wellness package. And how does it work? Um, so we worked really hard at taking what we thought would work as a brand and connecting that to skincare as well as supplements or, or performance um, and bringing a brand to market that, that communicated that. And tell me a little bit about the positioning in terms of um, price point. Uh, now, honestly, I hadn't looked at uh, that before this, so I'm, I'm not sure. Is it sort of at a higher end or tell me a little bit about uh, the demographic male that you're going after? 
Um, well, yeah, I guess um, to talk a bit about price point, as again, as part of our focus group, that was specific questions that we asked. Um, and I think, you know, JJ was talking about kind of the higher end brands that charge a, a price point that based on our focus group, 98% of the guys would never purchase that. Like, for example, would be one of our questions was, uh, would you ever spend $140 on a moisturizer that lasts two months? And the answer across the board was no. I think we only had maybe two or three people respond saying yes. And, you know, they might be in a different category or whatever. Or These maybe, are our bougie friends. Yeah, some more bougie <laughs> friends. And I was like, yeah, that's an outlier. We know what we're looking at here. <laughs> so what we tried to do was there's some competitors in the market that uh, we think have great product, but I think that their price point's higher than what our target market would be wanting to, to purchase. So we tried to, we tried to make price competitive for sure. And I think our whole goal was basically to create a brand that has um, amazing packaging that guys are proud of. They're happy to have it on their counter space um, at a price point that's more accessible and, and something that uh, they will continue to buy and um, continue to get the benefit from over time. That's kind of how the, the price point was determined a little bit. So I would say it's, um, I would say it's across the board, we've had so many people tell us, wow, this is really reasonably priced. And then they follow up with saying, especially given how amazing the ingredients are and how aesthetically beautiful the packaging is. Yeah. Terrific. And now in terms of a competitive analysis, and I'm not an expert in the beauty industry by any means overall, but um, did you find that uh, there was there was a niche there that had to be met in terms of, you know, obviously we've got big beauty brands out there that, uh, you know, Estee Lauder, you know, that, that are quite large, but I don't know if there are any more niche brands that really, really focus on men in this respect. Do you want to talk about the matrix that we created? That kind of, yeah, you go for it. Yeah, basically, yeah. So, so I, I think kind of speaking again to JJ's point, there was kind of, uh, you know, there's there there are some great men's brands out there um, with amazing packaging that totally resonates, um, but the price point is so, so high. And then there's kind of some brands that maybe have, um, you know, are a bit more aggressive in terms of their communication to men and more, um, you know, I don't know if you ever followed like Axe and things like that, like how they kind of communicate to men in the past for Old Spice. So there's kind of like, if you looked at the matrix, there's kind of the top right-hand side, which is, you know, um, high price point, high style, uh, beautifully packaged, that sort of thing. And then kind of the stuff that's maybe not as great of ingredients, lower price point. And so when we actually kind of plotted this out with our competitors on a matrix, we did find that the area that we're trying to target is is um, not untapped, but I would say that it's, it's, a, it's a really good spot to be. And that's kind of the area that we're, we're trying to focus on. So it's kind of that, that middle point where it's amazing ingredients, an amazing product, high quality, but at an accessible price point. Yeah, and I think the only thing I'll add to that is, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Tanner and I went out and we probably went to, this is before COVID, <laughs> otherwise we would have been doing a lot of quarantining, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, four different major cities across North America and went to every single possible store that sold men's skincare. Yeah. And there wasn't really a single brand that we went, wow, like that is it. You know, we're uh, in our early 30s, um, you know, we, we, we prioritize health and wellness. We prioritize fitness. We prioritize, you know, our skin to a certain extent. Um, I say a certain extent only because, you know, it probably wasn't up until 28 or 30 that I really started noticing my skin was changing. And I kind of started asking some questions and, you know, what are the key things I need to use? And I kind of started poking around and buying a couple things, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a routine. It wasn't a program. It wasn't like I, I, I wasn't treating it like I treated my fitness supplementation program. Um, so, yeah, I think ultimately there was just nothing that that spoke to, you know, I think how we view ourselves, which is like a young, a young professional male that uh, is in his early thirties and looking at ways to be 
proactive and take care of his skin as time goes on. Terrific. And uh, tell me a little bit about the ingredients that are in there. You mentioned retinol and a few others. Uh, yeah, sure. Do you want to talk about the, do you want to talk the tri-blend first? Or? So I think talk about the tri-blend first because that's in, in every single one of our products. And, okay. and then we can get into maybe some of the more niche type stuff. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, so um, uh, we have this thing called the, uh, it's, it's a proprietary blend of ingredients called the RSCF tri-blend. Um, and what we've done is we've taken some really powerful ingredients um, that are hard to come by. Um, they're popular in things like K-Beauty, that sort of thing right now. We brought them to North America. And um, I would say that actually the majority of um, uh, the competitors out there don't use any of these ingredients, which I think is what actually uh, sets us apart. So the RSCF blend is, uh, there's kind of three main ingredients. Uh, the first one's called Dragon's Blood. Uh, and it's basically, it's from it's actually from sap and trees in the Amazon rainforest. And it's an extremely powerful antioxidant. It's hard to come by. Um, it's in, I would say, North America. It hasn't actually really hit the market that that uh, that that intensely, but kind of in 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 other areas it has, which is really exciting. Second one is called um, Tiger Grass, and that one is actually quite popular in K Beauty right now. Uh, and what it basically it, it got its name from when tigers used to actually well, this is what they say when they'd get into fights, they'd actually roll in this grass that had this oil to actually soothe their wounds. And so basically you kind of take those properties from that and you apply it to skincare and think about, you know, guys, if they're, you know, sweating or they've got irritation from shaving their face, things like that. We think tiger grass is really important for that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one is, um, so I think a lot of people know skincare know how important vitamin E is, but we have a proprietary vitamin E blend that actually kind of uh, penetrates the dermal layer a lot kind of faster. And um, I would say more intensely in a good way. Um, than other vitamin vitamin E's out there. So that kind of makes up our tri-blend. Um, and so that's basically in all of our skincare products and we will continue to do that. We have it in every single product. Um, so it's kind of something we're going to be known for. And I think it's 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 a very powerful kind of tri-blend of ingredients. So that's across the board. And then like you had mentioned, um, you know, some of the ingredients that you'll see in some of our, for example, our day moisturizer, which is layer three. Um, a lot of the benefits that you get from supplementing for uh, fitness, for example, BCAs, collagen, um, glutamine, things like that. We've actually, we have actually made it a, a day moisturizer that has things like creatine and BCAs in it, because actually when you do the research, uh, the same stuff that helps your body perform, it's going to help your skin perform in the same way. So our day moisturizer has kind of some of those ingredients. Our night moisturizer, um, uh, it actually has ingredients that you never see in men's skincare, which is really unfortunate because I think they're really important. Uh, it has both hyaluronic acid uh, and and retinol. So um, I don't know to the extent the, the viewers and stuff know what those ingredients are not, but um, hyaluronic acid is like extremely hydrating. It's uh, something that I think everyone should use. Uh, and I'm super proud that it's in our products. Um, and then retinol obviously is a, it's a, it's a fantastic way to kind of rejuvenate the skin. So those are kind of things that are in, in our, in our products that I think um, I'm hoping uh, the customers will really like and will benefit from. Terrific. And uh, I can't top that Tanner got it all. That's, you know, <laughs> I'm big into the product development stuff. So it's uh, yeah, we, we did, you know, 25 iterations of every single product. So we got, oh. we got to where we wanted. No, that's interesting. I'm learning a lot because I, yeah, I am not a skincare guru, but hey, that could change. I, I don't know. I don't really use any, so <laughs> I could change that too. We'll send you some product, man. And the next time we talk, you're going to be, be glowing. glowing. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. I'm turning 45 uh, next month. So, you know, <laughs> you're going to like a day over 30. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you. You'll be a brand ambassador for us. <laughs> Well, let's talk about that, the marketing and brand ambassadors that uh, that Rael has. Uh, tell me a little bit about the strategy there. Yeah, sure. 
Um, you know, one of the biggest, I think, success elements uh, of Lululemon was how Lululemon really developed uh, their ambassador program and how they developed the communities in which they they landed in. Um, and I think that if you are able to build a, a community around a brand um, that uh, that really resonates, you need to have ambassadors. And I don't necessarily think today uh, you can just rely on, um, let's call it local ambassadors. I think you have to have somewhat of a global approach. I think you have to take advantage of the benefit of, of social media and, and how that has added so much value specifically to brands looking to drive DTC. I mean, none of this, none of this is revolutionary to, to anyone in retail um, or that's developing or building a brand or has success in doing so. I mean, it just seems to be the way that the world works and it's really just a new form of marketing. Um, but I think it's important to also support that with authentic ambassadors. And um, we went and looked at our home city, Vancouver, and we'll do this again uh, when the time comes. Uh, in other cities around the world for, you know, guys that uh, we believe uh, prioritize health and wellness and prioritize fitness in, in the same way that, that I think Tanner and I do and are sort of influential in their, in their local communities. And we were fortunate enough in Vancouver to, to find three great young guys that um, are exactly that. You know, they're, one's a personal trainer I mean, they're all basically personal trainers, um, you know, but they, uh, they're, they're exactly, I think, who we made the brand for. And it's still a little bit early because we're sort of trialing this ambassador program. Um, but it's, uh, it's a balance of both, let's call it uh, social media influencers, as well as local grounded, authentic um, ambassadors here in Vancouver. Um, and we'll grow that, as I mentioned, as time goes on. Um, did I miss anything there? Is that, no, I think that's, that, that's yeah. kind of the, how it is now, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I think to summarize that question, I learned how powerful the Lululemon Ambassador Program was. I get it. Um, and I think it's a critical part of how to grow and build and foster community around a brand. I think I did it successfully with Ride Cycle Club, and I think I can do it again with Rail. Terrific, terrific. And uh, let's talk a little bit, kind of a final question about the future of the brand in terms of where you see things going uh, get morph into anything else. Uh, we talked about supplements. Uh, could it become a, a lifestyle brand beyond just a, a skincare uh, brand at the moment? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's very exciting. It's still early days. Uh, we've really only been, uh, let's call it live for 30 days now. Yeah. yeah um, 40 days, <laughs> which is really exciting. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen some definite interest and, 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 and success, uh, beyond what I think we were initially forecasting. So we're excited about that for sure. Um, as, as the brand continues to grow and evolve, I think looking at, uh, increasing our supplement range, we have a lot of interest in our supplements, which wasn't necessarily entirely surprising, but the same sort of, I think, diligent approach we took to the product formulations on the skin performance side, we also took to the supplement side and we developed a whey protein that actually includes creatine, BCAs, collagen, and, and, and glutamine all within one, one sort of tub. So typically what you'll see as guys leave the gym to go and refuel their bodies as a part of their recovery phase you know, they've got five different tubs open and they're doing a whey protein scoop and then a creatine scoop and then a this and a that. And uh, we decided to combine it all in one. And um, we did the same with our multivitamin formulation pack where instead of opening up five different 
you know, vitamins throughout your day. It's it all, you know, there's five critical ones that we believe, you know, helped Tanner and I in our, uh, in our fitness journey, as well as from our focus groups, what the top five supplements from sort of a, a vitamin capsule were and build that into one daily package. Um, so I think there's opportunity for us to expand the supplement line. There's a lot of opportunity, um, depending on how that function of the business continues to grow and evolve and what interest we have in that. In terms of skincare, you know, it's too, it's, it's twofold and a bit of a catch 22. Um, our commitment is to keep skincare simple. Exactly. Uh, we don't want to make it overwhelming. We don't want guys to feel like there's a million things that they need to buy to have on their countertop or whatever portion of the countertop they've been given. We've prioritized making sure that it's, it's beautiful on the countertop and something that uh, his, his partner says, yeah, you can leave that on the counter. It's okay. <laughs> um, and also you have to be cons- considerate of, of, of this next generation and even Tanner and myself and how much they're traveling. Um, and we made sure that all of our products were TSA approved. So you can toss them all in one dop kit, bring it through the airport and not have to worry and think about it. So we don't want to overwhelm the, the, the program. I think where there's opportunity on the, uh, let's call it, uh, skin performance or, or skincare assortment is in things like shampoos, conditioners. Um, we can do variations in, in, in scents on our body wash. The body wash has been an incredible, uh, an incredible product so far, which is also interesting to us. Um, it seems to be actually our, I would say it's our top seller. Yeah. I would say it's our top seller. Um, it's a pretty incredible body wash for sure. So that's sort of where I think when Tanner and I discuss product evolution and where we're already starting to explore on the product development side, that that's, those are the things we're talking about. We talk about ways that we can further simplify the program. So is there, is there one, uh, 100 milliliter product that is an all-in-one shampoo, body wash, face wash, conditioner, um, that has everything you would need in it so that if you're going traveling, it's like a one-stop shop, no brainer dude kind of thing. Um, in terms of lifestyle brand, totally, yeah. you know, we, I think we set out to create a brand that, uh, that connects with, with, with men and women and, and, and beyond skincare has, uh, has a way of life to it in a sense. I don't think that Tanner and I would ever be able to create a brand that, that didn't have something connected to it that we were super passionate about. And I think that gives a lot of, you know, uh, flexibility for where the brand goes. Uh, today we have swag, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun with the brand on our gear and, and some of the, the apparel products that we made. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I'm pretty excited for what's what's possible with it. Yeah, and I think the only thing I'd add to that is that we, we do really want to um, find a way to keep on communicating with our customers and our target markets. So I think they're also going to help us dictate what the next products are and the way things go. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm so, JJ and I are so all about focus groups and learning from what our market wants. So you, you or whoever's kind of following us on Instagram, you'll start to see things where we're actually like reaching out to try and get, to build the community and getting people to tell us, okay, you love the body wash, you love the face wash, what would you like to see next? And, you know, they might say something like a deodorant or they might see this shampoo and conditioner. And so we'll take all that into account and, and consider that as well. Um, so, so it's kind of, it'll be part what what we're excited to do, but also what the market's telling us to create. So Craig, we're expecting some feedback. Yes. <laughs> I'll give it, I'll give it. Absolutely. Is there anything else you guys want to uh, mention today about uh, Rayel performance or otherwise? I don't think so. I think we really, you covered all of it. I mean, we, we probably talked too much, Craig. I'm sorry. We're pretty excited about this. So a bit of a blabbermouth over here, but no, I think that's great. Tanner keeps me in line. (laughs) 
Oh, no, I think it's great. I mean, it's important to be passionate about what you're doing and uh, best of luck with the, the business here. I think it's going to be successful. It sounds really interesting. Uh, it's something, you know, that will get me excited in terms of, you know, a product line. Uh, no, I, I, I think you're on to something really big here. So uh, congratulations and best of luck with the uh, brand moving forward here. Thank you so much. And thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening here. I'm Craig Patterson, and we're joined here today with JJ Wilson and Tanner Johnston. They're the co-founders of Rayel Performance uh, based in Vancouver. So thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) And take care, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.